0: Welcome in, everyone, to another episode of Inside Arcs. Today, we've got a full house and a full docket of things to talk about. First, we're going to welcome in all our guests to the podcast. It is a full studio today. First up, we've got the owner of Arcs, Ryan Pinnell, coming back on for his third time. Ryan, how are we doing today?
1: Good, man. I'm just uh, here to listen. I heard we're going to have a debate later on, so I'm just here to... Uh, listen to some people yell at each other. I can't wait.
0: This should be good. And one of our main components of the debate later on is the driver of the number nine A-squared cup car, Seth Wansing. Seth, how we doing?
2: Pretty good, man. And yourself? Doing well,
0: doing well. Rocking and rolling. Just got done watching a great ARCs Extreme race, at least for one person. And we'll get to that guy here in a second. But also joining us is one of our broadcasters, Rick James. How you doing, bud?
3: Happy to be here. Uh, Good to be here with uh, Ryan, Seth, you, Matt, and uh, and the rest of the team. It's uh, it's a rare appearance, so I'm ready to have fun.
0: Yep, going to be a great episode. And the dominator of ARCS Extreme is joining us as well, Mr. Austin Purnell, coming off his third victory in a row for the ARCS Extreme Asphalt Division. Mr. Purnell, how are we doing? Oh,
4: yeah, we're doing good. Just was able to get... Third win of the season, but it was a lot closer this time than the last two, so they're creeping up on me.
0: Yeah, we're gonna get into the Arcs Extreme action here in just a bit, but first we're gonna jump into our. We left off with TNT and and their Daytona week action in our last episode, and then the next night we had Arcs Ignition headed to Auto Club, and it was a great race. And we've got the winner here in studio with us, and. That is Mr. Seth Wansing takes home the victory on ARC's ignition as one of the part-time drivers. He comes down kind of like a Kyle Busch situation, but goes in and shows the ignition guys how it, how to get it done. You can see our uh, finishing order up on the screen as Seth Wansing took home the win, led 21 laps. Seth going through that ignition race, you know, it was, it was a pretty close fight. There was a lot of movement in the top five, and then some strategies played out later in the race. Uh, you know, What, what kind of was going through your head as that race uh, carried on?
2: I would like liked for it to stay green, but, I mean, uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, some of my team guys have been asking me to run, Mike Joy and, and Alfie and Aaron, and, and uh, those guys were wanting me to run with them real bad, and I really enjoy the two-mile auto club surface, um, so I decided to try my hand at it and, and have some fun and um, wasn't expecting a win or anything. There's some really talented guys we got coming up the pipeline, but uh, had a lot of fun with it, was just kind of riding around to that last caution, was hoping just me and Mike were going to get to battle it out, but we had a little race to go down instead, which is fun, had to fight through some traffic on a restart, which is always fun, get to see um how our new guys are doing and and it turned out to be a fantastic show
0: yeah fantastic show all the way around Seth brought home the win Mike LaJoy his teammate grabbed second not too far behind him he led four laps on the race Aiden Norman grabbed 12 laps and finished third then Edward Marshall and Patrick Overstat finished out your top five uh Ryan as you you broadcast the race and I know we had you know some issues early on but got it all figured out and you know what did you think? after the last the first two weeks of arcs ignition and and bringing this series back in and and creating this feeder system towards the a squared cup cup series what what's been your overall conclusion and and feelings towards this division
1: yeah i mean it's been really good so far i think it's been extremely successful Uh, i was a little worried uh with some of the practices we did honestly i i just wasn't sure how the racing was going to go but uh, the drivers <clears throat> pretty quickly showed that uh, they, they know what they're doing they're out there to prove that uh, they can run on Sunday night with the big boys and girls so uh, I've been pleased so far yeah I, I had some issues with my broadcasting that decided to update last minute right as the race was starting but uh, we got it figured out got it fixed and uh, was able to at least bring you know the last 30 40 laps with a uh, good you know, graphics and a good broadcast. Briley was a was a trooper for sure. He uh, hung in there with me. He was pretty much by himself um, while I was trying to figure some stuff out. So shout out to Briley for, for helping. But no, it was a great race. Uh, really good racing and uh, just proud of everybody so far for the shows they put on for everybody at home that uh, watches every Friday night.
0: Yeah, it's been a great showing so far and definitely saw some issues in the warm-ups and now we're in the season I think drivers are starting to see that window open as we get deeper into this 12 race window and that there's chances for a squared cup spots to open up and and some of these guys are shooting for those spots and you can see here as we pull up our ignition standings to through the first two races uh Alfie Sharon with his one wins got a 10 point lead over Aiden Norman uh, Jonathan Smiles in third tied with Thomas Andrews Zach McBride is one point back of that third position uh, in the fifth spot um, Rick ha- have you been have you been kind of watching the ignition I know you're not in the in the streams with this one but looking at the ignition from outside in uh, do you see certain drivers that could could possibly pose threats to a squared drivers in their cup spots
3: Looking at this season through Ignition, I mean, we're looking at uh, we're looking at teams like beatron that are just absolutely dominating the points right now. I mean, they've got two thirty one to one hundred and seventy eight at the moment. If you're looking at the latest standings, you've got to give it up to Alfie Sharon, you know, who's sitting top of top of Ignition Xfinity right now. Just with 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 right now after after he's got one win, he still has an average finish of fourth this season, you know, and he's he's really just leading the way so far after this race. And uh, moving forward, Alfie has a big, big resume that comes behind him as well from the OG what's now grassroots racing season as well. But then you've got right behind him a Norman who's the defending tNT champion. You've also got to give it up to John Smeal. And there's a lot of talent in that first 10 i mean you've got jason alexander sitting there as well you've got mike lajoy sitting in the sixth position in points and a lot of these drivers have the longevity to go the distance but consistency is also going to be the most important thing going forward because the season's only just started so anything is still possible
0: yeah and and i think when we had ryan on a couple episodes back he he mentioned consistency is going to be the key and that's what those owners are looking for ryan and seth both owners of a squared cup teams and austin being a part of one of those a squared cup teams and you you look at going up and down the talent levels there but ultimately that phrase consistency is key and i think that's where everything's gonna be uh austin uh you've got a couple opportunities to race in the ignition uh series uh are we expecting you soon sooner or later down in that ignition series to to take part or is that kind of something you're going to shy away from and just focus on your a squared competitions
4: i'm still kind of undecided on it i might pop in one or two races maybe some of the tracks i would maybe need some more improvement on i don't think i'll go do like a short track or something i think i'll do one of the tracks that i'm already struggling at just to get some more experience but i ain't too sure what that's gonna be yet
0: i gotcha i gotcha so hey hey Using it as practice, you've got your A squared cup spot locked in, and, and and watching yourself roll along there, and you know use it for that practice. Do what you got to do. Uh, Arcs ignition off to a great start. Seth goes down and steals a win coming down from the A squared competition, but those ignition drivers are hot on the heels, looking for spots coming up. And if you're interested in, in watching or joining that division, go to racearcs.com, fill out an application, and, and Ryan and the admins will help you. Filter your way in, and then if you're just looking to watch and watch some good racing, uh, ARCS Racing Networks on Twitch and YouTube, Uh, Ryan will be live every Friday night with those races. We're going to move on to our Saturday series, and it's Saturday Night Showdown. They headed out west as well, but they did lefts and rights this week. They were in Sonoma, Wine Country, and we talked about it, previewed it last episode, and we thought, oh, this is just going to be the Aiden Norman show. He's going to drive away, It's you know, just like we watched in, in TNT at Suzuka. But that was not the case as Aiden Norman took the win, but he had to fight. He had to fight to the very end of his life as he took home the win, led 16 laps, but only won by a second, about a second and a half over Joshua Gaiman. They were nose to tail for literally the entire race. Green flag, yellow flag didn't matter. They could not get away from each other. And, and uh, Rick, you, you watched over this, and, and when when you watch the battle between Norman and Gaiman, was there? It, it was so res- right, respectful and but so competitive at the same time. It, it, you could have literally just watched that the entire race and been like all right you other 18 guys be like all right you guys are just off in the weeds somewhere but those those two guys running away with it but keeping it so clean you know what does that do from a broadcaster's perspective watching something like that
3: it makes you want more it makes you it <sighs> it kind of just reignites the whole passion and the whole reason that you love racing in the first place because you love seeing the field whittled down to these competitors, you know, that are going to go head-to-head, neck-and-neck. If if you look at the points table right now, they're separated by just five points. They both have the same number of wins. They both have a similar average finish so far into the season. So really, it is the two titans between them. You know, there's only five points between first and second when there's... Uh, and the top three as well, because you got to give it up to, to Lilac like Zier sitting in third as well. The top three is spread by 19 points, and it's another 31 points to Seth Wansing in fourth. So you you have to really keep an eye on Norman and Gaiman, but you've got to give it up to that driver that you've got in third as well. Um, I really, really like the way that the season is shaping up as well, and I would love to see what Joshua Gaiman can do In Thursday night Thunder on a consistent schedule as well Uh, Norman has proven that he can be at the front in multiple disciplines But it's good to finally see someone that can consistently match him and force his rival to get better
0: Yeah, it's it it was an absolute barn burner to watch all the way through I mean lefts rights ups downs that Sonoma is not an easy track to, to learn and or conquer as you go around, so many different ways to get around there. Uh, Seth, you you grabbed a seventh place finish there, and and like Rick said, you're currently fourth in the points uh, in SNS as we're about coming up on the halfway mark of this uh, season five. And when you when you look at Sonoma, you know obviously I think the key was for everyone just stay on the track and you're gonna be okay. Was that kind of the thought process going in, or, or were you looking to attack that track a little bit more?
2: Um, for me, I'm at the stage of my road racing, um, road racing time on I racing to where I need to take that next step and, and attack. And, and like Rick was saying, Gaiman and Norman are the bar and, and the rest of us are kind of chasing it and just trying to find ways to, to keep pace. Um, Jeremy Brio by the way, is, is no slouch either of those road courses here in Arksville. Um, I'm just trying to find ways to improve myself and attack the racetrack instead of just focusing on staying on the track, if that makes sense and maybe pop up there and get a win. Like, uh, and that cost me, I mean, I made a few mistakes, drove off the track one time and um, instead of a third or fourth place finish, which is probably where I was going to end up, I ended up with a, uh, you know, a a seventh place. So um, it's little minute details like that, that, got enough fix and keep keep chugging along with but uh, we'll get there and keep keep improving on those road courses
0: yeah road courses they've become a large part of the stock car or truck schedules inside the nascar real life world and and it's definitely filtering its way into the sim world as there are d- different disciplines that have uh emerged and and certain drivers got them more than others and it's fun to watch and we'll we'll keep on tracking S&S as they go along, but we're going to move on to, before we tackle A-squared, which is the behemoth of it, of Arcs right here in the top level, we're going to jump over it and head to Arcs Extreme, which finished up their race here tonight and, uh, well, it, it was kind of the same old story as Mr. Austin Purnell decided that uh, he's just going to lead all the laps again and uh, take home his third win. Now, Austin, the last three weeks, is. You know, you've kind of run away from the field and and, and made the short track scene your own it, it is it something that just kind of falls in your wheelhouse or it is is there a preparation that goes into it that, that you've just kind of clicked on and you found this hot streak
4: i think it's a little bit of both but i'd say it just falls into more of my wheelhouse you know i do a lot of this racing in real life well not exactly super late models just late model stock but it's very similar and pretty much since i joined iRacing in 2017 i think is i've used i've only done short track stuff up until this past probably year and a half i've started to just dabble into more of the trucks or arker and cup cars so just experience plan there but tonight you know seth and dustin painter they was right there kind of keeping up with me after about 15 laps or so they would think only beat them by about two seconds. So they're definitely closing that gap up.
0: Yeah. And we've seen you run away with the first race. I think you lapped everyone, but like the top three and then second race, a few more found the lead lap and we have yet to see a caution in the arcs extreme asphalt division. And that kind of lends to those that can save those tires. And, uh, Seth, you, you, you ran, you ran well in this race, grabbed a third, and you kind of talked about it uh, in the post-race um, of the extreme is that the tires were the, the big keys. Like, you were able to go-go, and then all of a sudden it was like, I can't go no more. Um, was there anything that you would look to change that would have maybe given you the given you the upper hand on Austin, or was he, were you just holding on to his rear bumper for dear life?
2: You know, started the race just trying to hang with him. Um, but I mean, if you keep on judging yourself off of someone, I mean, you'll learn. But, um, I've, I've come to find, you know, you take ideas and you take things for them, but you got to figure it out yourself too and develop your own line and your own way of doing things. And, and, um, you know, I, I used to be notoriously bad about saving tires for a 30, 40 lap run, and I'm getting, really good at it while staying consistently fast too. I feel like this year it's been a big improvement in my running order and and my consistency. I feel like I'm in the top five um, a lot more often and and uh, than I was on a consistent basis in any series. Um, so, uh, you know, just trying to learn from the best and, and Austin certainly is that right now in that series. So um, just try to hang on to his bumper and then develop my own line and it worked there for a bit, but Um, just ran out a right front tire at the end and couldn't close the gap where I wanted to. So um, again, congrats to Austin. Again, he's flat out dominating. So um, it's it's a sight to behold, man. He he is something else in those uh, super late models.
0: Yeah, it's so so much fun to watch him dominate that you got to go watch second and third battle because he's just doing his thing out out in no man's land by himself. But Ryan, I'm gonna bring you into into this as the owner owner of ARCS, and you know, and watching ARCS Extreme develop and the, this you know short track asphalt program. What what's something that you you want to tell everyone that's listening and and that's a part of ARCS or not a part of ARCS yet? That you know, what 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 is the ARCS Extreme short track program all about? What what's the what's the money making pitch as as we would say to to have these drivers come out and be like, Hey, give it a shot. And, and, and let's see what we can do.
1: I mean, it's really just about teaching new people how to race the cars and how to race the tracks. I mean, if you can, if you can run super late models at some of these short tracks, you can pretty much run anything on iRacing. I mean, other than, you know, road course is a little bit different, but, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's how Arcs Extreme originally started. Uh, me and Dustin Painter and Thomas Andrews kind of got together and wanted to start this kind of asphalt slash dirt uh, Arcs Extreme schedule, and, and it was really just to have a couple nights of laid-back racing where we, you know, we we have some fun, and it is smaller fields, but uh, honestly, that's that's better sometimes, just because you have, you know. 10 to 12 people and if someone needs some help you know we we don't shy away from you know telling them what we what our steering ratios were what our brake bias you know what we ran with our brake bias and offsets and stuff like that i mean it's it's really a a training you know and and teaching uh series so you know if anybody i know a lot of people are really scared of dirt um which we run on tuesdays and you know, some people are feel the same way about these super late models at short tracks, but you know, feel free to come out, we'll we'll teach you and if you're slow then don't worry about it. I'm back there with you, so I'll I'll be running with you and uh, running in the back. It's still a lot of fun and you know, it's just about getting better lap after lap, just continuing to improve yourself as a driver and, and as a teammate and as a you know, member of Arcs.
0: Yeah, and and ultimately and we've said this before, ARCS is one large family, no matter whether you come from the short track background, road courses, stock cars on the on the big tracks with, you know, cup and truck and and T uh, it's one big family and you know, it's great a great gateway into those other series and in and friendships and, and things like that as, as you make laps, even if you are driving in tenth or twelfth, you know, racing around the family members and getting that respect and the value of turning new laps. And like Seth was mentioning on the road course side and on the short track side about just seeing what other people do. And maybe that helps you you out in your own racing, whether you're in the officials or over in league races. So if you are interested and, and want to hop in, ARCs Extreme is always open. Same for ARCs Ignition on Friday night. Go to racearcs.com, throw that application in there, and we'll get you in there for next week's race as they head off to Myrtle Beach for the next short track asphalt package. Uh, We'll get a quick look here at the standings. Austin Purnell running away with it. He's got a 15, I believe that's a 15 point, no, that's a 25 point lead over Seth Wansing. One mistake and a good size field could vault Seth back into competition here, but Austin's got a good stranglehold here on the extreme super late model program and uh austin you looking to continue are you shooting for that perfecto year where every race every race is just the pernell show
4: well yeah that'd be awesome awesome but that's probably a little unrealistic i'm sure i make a mistake here and there and like i said these guys are really chopping at my ankles here to get in front of me so you know of course we're gonna try to you know i don't know if they're gonna be start in the back the next race, I don't know if that's a rule or not. But I was just thinking about that. But, you know.
0: Well, hopefully it, we can. I don't believe it's written in the rules, so keep keep old Ryan Penell accountable and not let him throw them old monkey rules in there. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see what Penell comes up with. I doubt he comes up with anything. He 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 likes what you're doing and, and seeing you race the way you're racing. Uh, congratulations on the three in a row. Good luck on the fourth in a row as you head into next week uh now we're going to jump back a day and we're going to head to a squared action a squared uh was out at auto club the final time you're going to run this configuration as uh the two mile setup and it did not disappoint as i'm looking there we go uh it did not disappoint the racing at the front, the middle, the the back throughout this entire uh, race was absolutely awesome to watch. I ran race control over top. Uh, we had no cautions in the first two stages, and then we got a great green flag run in the third stage, and then the old cautions breed cautions. Caught up with the field, and in the last twenty laps uh, was an all out melee of just haymakers being thrown by everyone in the end Daniel Michelle steals the show the first rookie to win in 2023 and secure his playoff spot one of Sunday money's race car drivers and Seth Wansing came in and decided oh, I'll just finish 1 2 for Sunday money racing and Seth you know what do you what do you think you you got a driver locked into the playoffs now, and it's your rookie. What what's the emotions, the feelings coming off that that A squared one two finish?
2: That it sucks. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, no, I'm super happy for Daniel. Um, and it took took uh, took a chance on him in the draft. I've heard a lot of good things about him, but I'd never seen him race, and he only ran um, and kicked our butts in the uh, ARCs. Arcs 24 hours in NASCAR. So, um, went ahead and took a chance on him and, and it's, it's paid off huge. So, um, super happy with how, um, he's driving the race car right now and, and looking forward for things to come. And for myself, hopefully on the next one to lock it in. And I know Brynn is super fast and he, he's going to find his wins and, um, and John Honeybrink is just, Mr. Consistent, he's gonna find his way to the top ten of races and, and sneak up and grab a win every once in a while as well. So, um, I feel like we got a really strong team and super super excited for what's to come for for Sunday Money Racing. And um, you know, I felt like I had one of the cars to beat along with Daniel and Austin. Um, we traded a lot of sliders and had a lot of fun. Josh Gaiman was up there too. I would have liked to get have a long run. I felt like I was the best long run car. Would have liked to grab a win, but uh, I'll, I'll take uh, a big point stay in a second, even though it second does suck.
0: Hey, it was a great day for the Sunday Money team as um, the champion of A-square took a big hit and, and had a DNF today. Jeremy Burault, uh got caught up in a couple couple wrecks, and it, it vaulted and changed out the point standings as we finish up here on our lineup. Uh, Daniel Michelle grabs first, Seth his second. Austin Purnell grabs the third place position. A great showing for him and for Black Acid Racing as Gaiman came in fourth and uh, Purnell's teammate Matthew Leiter grabs a top five uh, to help that slow start that from Daytona for Black Acid. And We're going to get to team standings here in a second, but first we're going to jump over to the driver standings and look at What's going on after two races, and currently Joshua Gaiman holds the point lead at 101. Seth uh, jumps up after his second-place finish. He's currently holds down the second-place spot, and Austin Purnell with his third-place position vaults him into third. Our two drivers that are locked in for playoffs, Jeremy Buralt and Daniel Michelle, they don't have to worry about these point standings anymore. They just need to prepare these next 24 races to get to uh, the 10 race playoff system. But as you can see, a lot of movement still yet to come as a squared has the Las Vegas next week. Um, our next standings we'll look at is our team standings. And this is where uh, things have uh, tightened up a little bit. b got out to one heck of a start after Daytona, but it is tightened down as prophecy racing cuts into the lead. b racing at 304 prophecy at 278 line power 236 and Sunday money at 226. Then you have Presidential Bandit and Black Acid uh, looking to play catch up just a little bit. Um, Austin, you, you finished third in in A squared and you're coming in as a rookie this year, and you are leading the rookie of the year standings currently by one point over Mr. David Wright. Um, <laughs> you look at the a squared season as it's begun you know what what are you feeling so far as, as we're two races into this first 12 race window
4: uh i'd say i'm just pretty optimistic right now you know it's just real early just super speedway and then auto club and now we go head to vegas you know i feel like it'll be a lot similar to what we just um raced at auto club so I'm feeling pretty good, but it's a lot of good rookies. I know y'all said, at least I think Ron said I might be the favorite rookie, but, I mean, I look at someone like Emma Kruger. She got the pole. She won a duel. Then you got Daniel Michelle. You know, he won the auto club race, obviously. And then Jack Mulkey, he's doing great. David Wright, all of them. I mean, so the rookie battle, I think, is going to be tight all season long.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's going to be a tight – I think this will be one of the most competitive rookie classes to come through A-squared in a minute. And, and Ryan, you're looking at presidential. You're at 199 on the team charts. Um, Did Auto Club kind of – was it what you were expecting, or are you guys still trying to get your footing as as we head into week number three in in Las Vegas?
1: Nah, we had a shit race at Auto Club. I mean, it was terrible. It was – it was – not good uh Teamster was doing okay, and then his kid ripped his router out of the wall, so he lost uh connection he went like nine ten laps down early on, really could never recover um jacket Donald Ray you know he had he had some issues got involved in a couple wrecks uh boss got involved in a wreck late, so uh we just we just struggled at auto club I mean there was no way around it, so we're we're going to try and regroup and uh, get back after it at Las Vegas. And I mean, one, one good thing that we, you know, kind of have on our side is we have not used our um, part-time driver, Jacob Blankenship. I mean, everybody knows he's, he won rookie of the year last year and uh, unfortunately due to work, uh, you know, his work schedule wasn't able to run full-time this year, but I have him part-time on my team this year and, he has not run a race yet, whereas some of the teams ahead of us, uh, you know, their part-time drivers have already used up one of their races. So um, that'll help us out when, when Blankenship finally does, is able to, you know, finally run one of or two of his races, you know, that'll help us out. But uh, overall, I mean, me and me and Jacket have been pretty consistent. I mean, so far I've, I've finished top 10, both races, finished seventh in the 500 and then Uh, you know, got a 10th at Auto Club, but uh, the rest of my team just, you know, we just got to stay consistent. I mean, that's, that's where we're going to try and make up points is just being there at the end Um, and stage points are, are killing us. And then honestly, heat, the heat races, I think all four of us got wrecked in in the heat race. Um, I I got just absolutely destroyed by um, someone that I won't call them out on the podcast but they know who they are um so yeah i mean it is it is what it is i mean it's racing you know sometimes you have a string of good luck and then sometimes you have a string of bad luck and right now uh presidential racing's just uh not having the luck that we need but i'm still optimistic i'm you know i'm looking forward to the. i mean we still have 24 more races until the playoffs start so um me and Jacket right now are, are in the playoffs. Boss and uh, Kevin Feemster kind of on the outside looking in right now, but uh, I think that'll change once once we kind of get uh, in, in the groove of things. So overall, you know, it's it is what it is. I, I'm definitely frustrated after two races, but um, you know, I have a lot more on my plate than than everyone else does. So I have. A million other things going through my mind sunday nights than team points so that, that probably doesn't help the uh you know team factor either but uh yeah we'll we'll just keep keep after it and see what we can do and uh, hopefully we can be up there competing with uh vtron and sunday monday when we you know get to the end of the season
0: yeah, long way to go. And Rick, I'm gonna bring you in here, playing the bird's eye perspective here, and, and you've kind of watched how the teams got formulated through the draft, and you know got the roster set, and now we're inside this 12 race window where you got to put up or shut up because your your spot could be on the line. Those ignition drivers are getting better, and they're developing. And from your perspective, sitting high up above, you know what are you seeing? It, both in the present and in the future of these teams, as as we start approaching the middle of this 12 race uh, window and get closer to that moment where someone like Seth or Ryan and those owners have to make a decision. Do I make a driver change or do I stand pat and keep moving my way through this season?
3: Well, there's a lot of things to look at, including the playoff grid. I mean, Straight away, looking at the playoff grid, you see names like Gaiman, Wansing, uh, Painter, Pennell. These are all names that you not only see in A squared, but you see them at the top of every bracket, whether it be SNS, whether it be TNT, even Ignition as well. You pointed out that there's drivers coming up in the Ignition series that we just mentioned that could be taking some of these spots. Uh, looking at the results from Auto Club, if you look at that top four. Three of them are drivers that we have mentioned and, and uh, spoken to earlier. You know, we've got Seth Wansing, Austin Purnell, Josh Gaiman and sitting second, third, and fourth, Dan Michelle, of course, winning that race. But if you look further down that top 10, you've got drivers like David Wright. You've got drivers like Tommy Withers as well. And even in that top 15, you've got to look to drivers like Donald Ray. I mean, um, these are drivers that, you know, you would like to see move further up in the point standings. But of course, as this 12-race window goes on, like you said, it's put up or shut up. Some of these drivers are going to put up, and unfortunately some of these drivers just won't have what it takes, and they might see that their spot just is replaced. I I don't envy being a team owner as a 12-race window comes to a close because come that final race, you're going to have to make the decision between... Do you want the best chemistry on the team, or do you want the best results?
0: Yep, yeah, and all decisions that are weighing, I believe, on those owners' minds, and and as we get closer and in probably past race six, seven, eight, I think that those thoughts are going to creep a little bit further forward in those owners' minds. Um, I don't want to put you on the spot, Rick, but if you had to make a future prediction, go ten weeks ahead. Is there a driver that, you know, needs to find them – currently finds himself on a hot seat?
3: I I don't know that you can really put anybody on a hot seat two weeks into the season so far, but you look at drivers – For example, like Kevin Kehmster, who had that 16th place finish after starting 18th at Auto Club. Definitely, you know, you give him a C minus. He must try harder. Uh, Looking at well, I think uh, the penalties.
0: He caught bad luck. I mean, you can't help someone ripping your router out of the wall. So I think you give him a pass on that one. Yeah, can't. It doesn't help the points, but you can't help someone ripping ripping your internet right out the wall.
1: He can no, absolutely, you can't.
3: But it's 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 something for next week as well. Um, help me. We're we're at the next race next week. Vegas. But it's it's certainly something where there it is Vegas where Kevin just going to have to uh, again things happen. Uh, but he's going to have to put in a performance to make up for these happenings. Unfortunately, that's just the the way that the cookie crumbles. Sometimes looking at the points again, we're only two weeks into the season, but you look at guys like John Samil, who's already up against it again. uh, He's, he's only got one start this season, but if he intends to go the distance, he's going to have to put in a more consistent performance.
0: Well, and no, and he's, really, he's, that's he's what it boils be able, down to. He's, he's going to be in a, no. he's, he's in part-time role. So he, he only has one more start in this 12 race window. So he's actually one of those drivers looking to grab a spot. So, He'll, he'll, I don't know when b plans to have him back in the car for his second part-time race. Um, when you look at the full-time drivers as um, as we work towards this, this season, do you think it's going to be decisions that have to be made on um, their performance or on their, um, how would you put it, their demeanor on the track around the other drivers? Because we've had... A couple instances now, in a couple weeks in a row. Granted, one is Super Speedway, and one, and now it's the first time we're, you know, one on one racing uh, in a stretched out line. Uh, do you think those type issues formulate problems in, in the owners' mind? It's Like, look, like we're having multiple issues, and it's not helping us both in the performance world or in the um, in, in the way the other teams are thinking about us, so you think that that could be where people find themselves more on the hot seat than their performance would be?
3: I think it's going to depend on the haves versus the have-nots. If you look at teams like Beatron and Prophecy that are leading the points by, let's say, roughly 42 markers between second and third, Uh, I mean, 42 points is the difference between third and roughly where fourth place bandit racing is. So I think those teams looking at in order line power, Sunday money, uh, you've got presidential and then bandit racing from third to fourth. Those are the teams where they're going to have to think about how serious am I about making it to the top two? Btron and Prophecy, after two weeks, are already showing that they they are the halves, while third on down could end up being in those have nots So if these team owners are serious about graduating from uh from from if if you were to split it into divisions from this second division to this first division of elite teams to compete for the title, it's it's going to take not only that chemistry, but it's going to take the performances as well. I mean, these guys are going to have to get clever, clever with their math and figure out the right formula. What's going to take me from this division to that next division. So I can actually say we're serious about a title and the numbers prove it.
0: Yeah. And the team, team divisions, it's going to fluctuate big time as, as drivers have good, bad, or just consistent races. Um, so those, you know, Betron's looking to hold and be consistent and go wire to wire. Um, Austin, I, as the only driver that's not an owner in this in this chat right now, um, when you hear about okay, there's there's a 12 race window. I've got, there's a chance my spot could go away. It, does that weigh on your mind, or do you just go into each week knowing okay, I'm gonna give whatever I got this week, and then we'll deal with the with what comes after.
4: Uh, I mean you definitely keep it in the back of your mind you know I know if I'm running poorly I would fully expect that um my team runner, James Kerr would drop me so obviously I want to go out there and perform the best I can and keep me up in the points
0: yeah and I think it goes back to the key phrase consistency is key and uh those that that find that consistency are going to are going to find themselves holding on to their spots and and even if everyone is consistent in just attendance, someone's got to finish 25th, 26th. You can't not everyone can finish in the top 10. So it's going to be a barn burner. A squared heads to Las Vegas this week. Uh, you can find that on ABN Networks, Aero Broadcasting Networks with Carmen Hardy broadcasting that Sunday nights. It's not too late to jump in and catch up on all the dealings going on as we are two races in and uh, B Tron racing out to the big team lead currently. And two drivers already locked into the playoffs, but we're getting rocking and rolling. First 12 races have a window, and then we have a little bit of driver shuffle that could be coming up. So stay tuned with that as here on Inside Arcs, we continue to bring you all the coverage throughout our weeks and we've got a full week of racing as giving you a little preview coming up. Our dirt dirt series runs on Tuesday night. They're going to head out. Then we've got, I believe we're off this week for TNT. So don't have to worry about any TNT coming up this week, but arcs ignition out at Las Vegas. Then S and S takes on the Coliseum with Bristol motor speedway. And then you got a squared at Las Vegas as well. So Look out for that coming up. Now we're going to head into our next segment, and we started this last episode with green, yellow, red flag. I'm going to give a a prompt or a question out to our our uh, podcast guest here tonight, tonight and uh, we'll see where they land. Green means, hey, keep going. I like what I'm hearing. Yellow means, ah. I'm there, but there might be some issues. And red means uh-uh, we gotta stop. We're, we're going, we're going the other way. I do not agree with that. And so, we'll bring in the first question. We'll start easy before we get into our big debate that we uh, have tabled for a little bit later. But first up, I'm gonna go straight to Mr. Ryan Pennell, and then we'll kind of bounce it around. Ryan, green, yellow, red on Veg Las Vegas in the real world. And Kyle Busch going back to back from his win at Auto Club and now headed out to Vegas, which is his home track. Green, yellow, red. Kyle Busch dominates and wins.
1: Ah, uh, yellow. I don't. Th- I don't think he dominates. I think he'll be competitive, but uh, I-, I don't. I don't think he'll. I definitely don't think he'll dominate. He might win the race. Um, I just don't see him dominating. I mean. Obviously, I'm a huge Blaney fan, as everyone knows. Uh, Blaney had a really fast car at Auto Club and then just got absolutely destroyed on that restart. Ruined his whole race. He finished two or three laps down. But, I mean, he led most of stage one. He had a fast car. I feel like Blaney's going to be fast. So, i got to say yellow just because I'm pulling for Blaney. Uh, I think Blaney will be fast. But I think Kyle Busch will be up there, but... I don't think he dominates, and I don't think he goes back-to-back.
0: Yeah, and Seth, coming over to you, um, with Kyle Busch being in the Chevy, RCR uh, running well as they got a first and a sixth in the Auto Club race, and the top four drivers were all Chevys, green, yellow, red, that Chevy dominates the top five, top ten in the running order uh, at Las Vegas.
2: Yellow, um, everybody knows that I'm a Chevrolet and Chase Elliott guy, so, um, yellow on them dominating the top five, I think they'll have three or four guys, I think they'll have three out of the top five, I think, uh, I think Ryan Blaney and Joey Logano are going to be there, those two always run well at Las Vegas, and Penske always brings stuff, good stuff to Las Vegas, but I think, uh, Kyle Busch and and Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson are going to be right there with them, um, um, so I, I think they'll have three out of the top five. But I'm going to yellow because I think the two, the tw- the 12 and the 22 are going to show up on on uh, on Sunday as well.
0: Yeah, and, sw- and switching manufacturers, uh, Austin. You look at Toyota. They struggled out at Auto Club with overall speed, as Bubba Wallace was kind of the driver that was up there, and then disappeared because of, of issues he was having. But green, yellow, red, Toyota continues to see struggles at the mile-and-a-half, two-mile tracks.
4: I'm actually going to go, at least for the first part of the season, I'm going to go green on that. I think they will struggle, um, at least at Vegas. I think it's going to be a lot similar to Auto Club. I think they might have one, one maybe two, the back half of the top ten Toyotas, but I could see them continue to struggle at least this first half of the season. Yeah,
0: yeah, Toyota not not having the best of starts, but you know, two races in, and and Rick last little in world in real world question. You look at Kevin Harvick starting off this year, looks strong through the season. Green, yellow, red. Kevin Harvick wins more than one race before the playoffs.
3: Green, um, I'm with you. I I watched him win at Michigan. Last fall, and it was awesome thinking, man, this could be the last time Kevin Harvick wins. And he goes on and he does it the week after that. Um, I think Kevin Harvick is nearing the end of his career now. And Well, of course, he's nearing the end of his career, but it's, it's it might be setting in. So he's literally got nothing left to lose. And you almost see the same light in his eyes that you saw in March of 2001 when he instantly – took like a fish to water. He's, he's 47. Now he's going to be turning 48 before Christmas. And he's got just not only the magic of his youth back, but he has the experience. You know how you always think back, man, if I could just go back, knowing what I know now, I think Kevin has one more chance to do it. He's going to win definitely more than one race before the playoffs.
0: Uh, and it's gonna be fun to watch as as the season continues on cup series goes out to vegas this next this next week and uh the big question that has been formulating around our our little group with our family and whatnot is is all of a sudden this top five drivers in the world i guess, i think is where it where it started who's the top five best drivers in in the world, not just cup series, not just stock cars, but all all around and you know Seth and Rick are, are going to have a little fun here cuz they've been debating this for I don't know months maybe. But now we're going to bring it to the podcast studio and, and bring in a couple more people with it. So, we'll leave Seth and, and Rick for for the back end of this and we'll start with Ry- Um, not Ryan, uh Austin. Austin, when you when I say the top five drivers in the world are what names come to mind for you?
4: Ooh, that's a tough one. Um I'm gonna probably say hmm, that is hard. I'm gonna probably say Kyle Larson, probably Lewis Hamilton, uh let's see. Are we talking current or can we go past?
0: No current driver. As of sure. as of right now, Okay. are okay. the top five you believe in this in this world.
4: Okay, well, like I said, Kyle Larson, Lewis Hamilton. Mm, we'll probably go. And it's tough. I'll say Kyle Bush, uh, for Third. Um, we'll go to the dirt side. Probably. Well, no. It's tougher and Man, tougher. There's tough. so many good names. <laughs> it's tough, yeah. That's what I'm thinking through. Um,.
0: I'll give you, I'll give you a pause right there that will, that will give you your top three, let you sit on four and five, Ryan, I'm gonna come to you, you got your top three, maybe even top five already formulated in your head?
1: Yeah, I got my top three, but nobody's gonna like them, because I don't watch that go-kart uh, crap that everybody else watches, so <laughs> I, I don't, I don't watch any of that, and I know that's, you know, an unpopular opinion, but I'm an asshole, so who cares, um. I would definitely put Kyle Larson up there in the top five for me. Uh, I think Kyle Busch is up there as well. I mean, you got to look at his record and just, I mean, there's, there's no doubt that dude can drive a race car. I mean, he's very talented. Um, I think, you know, if you go overall, I think you got to mention Christopher Bell. I think you got to put him up there in the top five. Um, And my fourth is probably going to be a very unpopular opinion, um, but just, based off of everything that he's done and I, I used to be a fan uh i really like casey kane i think he's i don't necessarily think he is extremely talented um but the dude can pretty much drive you know anything that he gets in he's had a really good record and and the trucks that he ran and you know did well in uh the cup series not as well as some of the other you know like kyle larson and kyle bush but um, and then he jumped over to Sprint Cars and did, you know, very well over there still. He's running, uh, I think, they, I think Casey Kane's running like 87 races this season in Sprint Cars. So, Jeez. the dude's still, he's, he, he's still getting after it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd probably have to think on my fifth one. Okay. It would probably, honestly, be Matt Crafton, Crafton in the trucks. Okay. Just because he's been around forever, but... You also don't really know what Matt Crafton can do because he's been in the truck series for you know thirty something years. So yeah. journeyman, you, you don't driver. really know his. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, that's probably where I would go: is Kyle okay. Larson, Kyle Bush, Casey Kane, uh, Christopher Bell, and uh, Matt Crafton.
0: All right. Well, Rick and Seth, I'll I'll decide who goes first on this. I've got a number between one and twenty. Seth, what is it? Nine. Uh, of course, you would go nine. Rick? 13. Well, Rick is closer. Their number was 12. Uh, Seth, I'm going to go ahead and put Chase Elliott on your list just because. Uh, Rick, you got your top five or or at least top three that you, you got to rattle off?
3: Uh, top five, I'll start with Donnie Schatz. Um, he has an unbelievable... Uh, record not only in the past in the world of outlaws but uh, I mean uh, it, it just speaks to it, it it speaks for itself you know and then you if you're going to mention Donny Shots, you've also got to mention Brad Sweet who's won the last four as well but I mean uh, as, as far as as far as top five if we're going to look at all disciplines let's start on the dirt and let's start with Donny Shots, who's got more championships than Nick Saban could ever dream of having in his entire life um, he's unbelievably one of the best drivers on dirt right now. Maybe not so far this season, but he's he's doing fantastic. Um, Fernando Alonso, you know, you gotta you gotta give it up to the old guys. There's going to be a lot of old guys in this list. He can still kick around Formula One. Obviously, yep. he's not in the most competitive car anymore, but he's he's still unbelievably good. he's he he's won Rolex I believe he's won Rolex 24. I don't know if he's won Daytona 24, uh, but uh, he's and, well like. I'm sorry, when I say Rolex 24, I mean Le Mans. Um, gotcha. So he, I know he's won uh, Le Mans. I don't know if he's won the Daytona 24. Obviously, a two-time Formula One champion. Uh, he, he can prove that he can hold his own in IndyCar. He came extremely close to that Indy 500 win before the engine let go. You've got to throw him in the mix. Um, looking at the stock car side, you've got to give it up, obviously, to Kyle Busch. He's not only proven that he still has what it takes to win as of last Sunday, but he's got everything that it takes to be a champion and be a memorable one as well. I mean, we're going to take talent into this. I mean, uh, he's, he's got enough talent to speak of, but definitely his personality has been one that you can look back through his career and you can genuinely say he did not care. He just did him, and it it, it worked uh, so, Kyle Busch, for millions of reasons, has got to be in that top five for me. Lewis Hamilton, and you don't really need to say anything else. You, you really don't. Lewis Hamilton. Um, throw in another old guy, Elio Castroneves. Castro. He's 47 years old. Four-time Indianapolis 500 winner. He just won the 24 hours of Daytona. I would have loved to see what he could have accomplished in Formula One, but I mean he just uh he just won the twenty twenty one Indianapolis five hundred as well.
4: Yeah.
3: As as far as winning on all fronts, these are all drivers, save for Lewis Hamilton, you know, who we haven't seen do IndyCar or anything like that. But these are all drivers that have proven they can win on all fronts. Donnie Schatz has won on Uh, a couple of continents winning in Australia as well. You know, Kyle Busch, we know he's competitive in literally everything. I think anybody that has ever been to a short track race has seen Kyle Busch race at a short track and win. He's just fantastic. Um, Again, give it up to Lewis Hamilton. Um, But then Elio Nevis as well. These are all guys that have won on multiple, multiple disciplines.
0: Yeah. And, all right, so, Rick, your, your five definitely looks different than the other two's five. Seth? What do you got for your top five?
2: So for me, whenever I put together, I'm thinking right now and that's combining um, resume. That's combining um, talent that I think is right now. Um, so one, I got to go Lewis Hamilton. Um, I'm not an F1 like Homer, but I do enjoy watching F1 and you, you, you got to give up for Lewis Hamilton. I I All still right. think he's the best driver on the planet right now. At number two, um, one guy that is severely underrated and doesn't get the credit for his diversity and accomplishments is Scotty McLaughlin. Um, the man is an incredible Australian supercar racer. He he's an incredible road up. course racer. He's incredible. The Indy cars, the way he's quickly developed to those cars, and I'm sure he, he he's just one of those guys. He's fast at anything he hops into. At number two, again, um, maybe not going off the accomplishments like McLaughlin, but the diversity and the pure talent like McLaughlin. Um, I got to go with uh, uh, Kyle Larson. Uh, the man races 100 races a year. He wins 80 of them. Um, and he's not running against your local short track guys every night. He's running the World of Outlaws. He's running the All Star Circuit of Champions. Um, he he's running um, USAC. So um, and he he it literally anything he gets into. Every car Kyle Larson has driven in his life in any major professional series of racing, he has won a race in. Um, so I, I gotta put Kyle at number two. Uh, or at number, uh, three, pardon me, at number four, um, going back to F1 again. Um, again, I, am not a big fan of him, but Max Verstappen has undeniable talent. Um, I think he's going to go back to back in F1 this year. Um, he, he is, um, you know, just amazing behind the wheel of a race car and he's starting to stretch his legs and try some other things as well, uh, in that world, um, An honorable mention from the F1 side, uh, Charles Leclerc, Um, he is uh, unbelievable. Um, If Ferrari ever got their shit together, he would be um, right up there on this list. And at number five, uh, um, I have to go with um, Scott Dixon um scott dixon is is a five-time indycar champion um he's still getting it done in his in his mid 40s um he still has the talents of the young guys um i actually had Herta at five earlier just because of pure talent but going back and thinking about it um scott dixon still is is dominating races um competing for championships um and, and shows just as much of a wheelman mentality than he ever has so at, at number 5 I got to go Scott Dixon um a close two close runner ups for 5 would be Kyle Busch um I think Dixon and Bush are kind of interchangeable, and I think Hurd is on that list as well, right. um, maybe interchangeable
3: at five. Yeah. Uh, Austin, Can I tell you why I wouldn't have Kyle Larson in my top yeah, five?
0: Give me one second on, the, on that. I'm going to grab Austin's last two. He's he's still stuck on four and five. Austin, have you, have you come up with uh, your final two slots?
4: Yeah, I think so. I think I'd put it on – starts at number four i know he just kind of just got into the nascar next Xfinity stuff but i mean i've seen this dude in any kind of short track car and he's just like a magician like he always finds his way up to the front just great all-around racer and just can run come from the back to the front like it's nothing so i think he's gonna rise to the challenge a lot this year in the xfinity series so I'd put him at number four, and then I think at number five, I'd probably put Joseph Newgarden for in, out of the Indy car stuff. I really think if he ever got the chance to go to F1, he would really show more of his talent there too. But, you know, that's just so hard to get in. But So I'd have Larson, Larson, Bush.
0: yeah Larson, 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 Hamilton, Bush. Barry. Hamilton, Hamilton. Yeah.
4: Yeah, that's it. That's in my top five.
0: All right. So to recap, Austin's got, uh, Purnell's got Larson, Hamilton, Bush, Barry, Newgarden, Ryan goes Larson, Bush, Bell, Kane, and Crafton. Rick goes Shots, Alonzo, Bush, Hamilton, Castro, Castro Neves. And then Seth comes in with Hamilton, McLaughlin. Larson, Verstappen, and Dixon. A lot of open wheel there for the guy that doesn't watch a lot of open wheel. But uh, we'll see how that goes off in in the debate. And, and Rick, you you didn't have Larson on your list. The other guys all did. Why no Larson?
3: Because he's not been as consistent this last year as he was in 2021. Looking at the end of 2021, Kyle Larson won the five out of the last eight races in the season, including the season finale at Phoenix, which sealed him that championship. And it was either his first or second season back after suspension, which is a lot to come back from. That season was brilliant for Larson. If we're talking right now on the planet, Kyle Larson did win at Homestead last season in the points. But if you look at 2022, 2022, Compared to 2021, Kyle Larson finished 7th in the standings, and he ended up with 3 wins compared to, I think, 10 in 2021. It It's a different Kyle Larson. It's not a championship Kyle Larson as well, and this season is going to be important for him. Now, Kyle Larson is extremely talented, but top 5 on the planet right now, there really isn't a lot to say for him, given... Given what his last season was, and given that he's started this season obviously with a DNF, that's not his fault, but that's neither here nor there. It's something that is going to have to come back from. So at the moment he's not top five. Okay. Special mention to Sebastian Walk, the uh nine time rally championship, who's forty-nine years old and is still winning. Top division rally race. I already have well.
2: a counter yeah. argument. So for that
3: I'll break.
0: So I, let me let me counter on on Rick with Larson. Larson had so I believe in his career has never driven a vehicle with the suspension that the next gen car has with the uh, not the standard axle that we've used for 50, 60 years. It, do you think that? is something that's a learning curve towards him and that he 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 doesn't drive those style of cars everything if he presses the gas pedal both wheels turn at the same rate versus the next gen car has a, a, that that new suspension model is, is that something that could be affecting his rating in, in your eyes Rick
3: who the hell knows I, I i certainly don't know i don't know enough about the mechanics of the cars i just know that you know they're really loud and they go fast um, I, I don't know enough to say whether it is or not. But ultimately, the question is best on the planet at this moment. Okay. Kyle, if you would have asked me this question a year ago, yes. At this moment, he's not top five.
0: Okay. And, and Seth, you, you said your rebuttal towards, you got Larson at three, so he's not your top, top dog. But you know your rebuttal to him leaving Larson just completely off the top five.
2: So my only rebuttal is, I mean, you have some guys on there like Castro Neves and, and other guys who haven't won races in their pers- respective everyday series in years. I mean, Castro Neves won the 500 a few years ago, but I mean, if you're going to go off of performance basing on your list, and I don't see how you can justify some of the guys on your list... Um, as far as performance goes, I mean, he still won three races last year and, and the highest running driver with the most wins was at five. So he was at two short of, of, of the most races won last year. He was very consistent. He was very fast. He ran a lot of laps. He made a deep playoff run. So. In my opinion, it, it kind of contradicts what you based your list off of, but that's the beauty of being able to put together lists.
3: Yeah, man well, and here's what I'll say to that: is it, it, it if he's best right now, that's fine. Now, again, he's just not top five right now. Castro Neves is winning the Indianapolis 500. Now, again, it's one win a season, right? But Kyle just the won the 500. Team. Kyle Larson won a championship in twenty twenty one. His twenty twenty two. When did
2: Castroneves win the Indianapolis five hundred?
3: Twenty twenty one. Exactly. That's still, but he's. But, but how, he many just won. Cash,
2: how, how many races did Castro Neves win this year? Or did he run twentieth every race?
3: He didn't. I, I, he didn't win a lot of races, but he just, he won, the 20, he just okay. won the He just won the twenty four hours of Daytona as well. He's still winning races. I mean, and we're talking about the top of INSA as well. Now again, you know, a lot of people would say, "Well, he was with Meyer Tank. He had the best car. Of course, it's an endurance race. The best car wins, and that's how sport works." But Castro Neves is still is still winning world class races at a very old age, relatively speaking, at the very top level of competition. Kyle, if Kyle Larson had that level of consistency. Like again, Castro Nevis doesn't really count because he's, you know, he's an older fella. But, but he now does, let's look to put him on the list. Okay, well, then I mean, let's yeah. look at guys like Kyle Bush. And I think that's, let's look at guys like you know, Kyle where, Bush
0: Where you guys are coming from is is it's the great part about making lists is that it's one your opinion, two you can you get to back it up with facts, and a lot of them are irrefutable facts, just coming from the uh, perspectives that that each each person has on their list and. You know, and, and I bring uh, Ryan and Austin into this, and, and they both had Larson at one, and and no, and 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 then had Bush as in their top three as well. So you know they double up on the stock car guys. And Ryan, I'll come to you. You hear those those two guys come coming around on 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 Larson one for one against, but not saying that it's not a fluid situation, and that this is a. Present day, right now, list when when you look at Larson, is it is it as fluid as as Rick is saying, or a little bit more set in stone as Seth has?
1: No, I mean, I I mean my I mean honestly, their list. I don't know half the people they're talking about. I have no idea who the, who the hell they even are, just because I don't I don't care. I don't I don't I don't watch that racing. But I mean, if you look at current drivers, I think you have to look at their entire career to okay. put them in a list and okay. that's why yeah. that's 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 why i have people like kyle larson and kyle bush and and even casey kane because casey kane was very very good from you know the years it, basically right when he started in the nine car with ray Evernham, he was very good he went to hendrick he wasn't as great there but he still had success and then he went to the sprint car and even though and this is something that you know this has nothing to do with his racing ability, but Casey Kane has a very, very good sprint car team. Brad Sweet, um, Casey Kane runs with them. He has other people that come in, you know, week in and week out. To me, because I'm an owner of ARCs, I'm an owner of a team. That means a lot to me as well. Okay. So that's why I really liked Casey Kane because not only can Casey Kane drive a race car, he can own a race team and be successful and he's still a current driver that's kind of where i come from and same with the kyle larson and the kyle bush thing i just think you have to look at their entire career not what they've done this year not what they've done three years ago but go all the way back to their career that's why i put matt crafton in there matt crafton has been around for so long and he's been so successful again he's never moved up but it's because he didn't want to he didn't he doesn't have to he's yeah, he's, good. he's in the truck at? series he's successful exactly it's just like frank kimmel in the arca series for 20 plus years frank kimmel ran in the arca series yes of course he never went to Cup. he never was successful there but that's because he just didn't Yeah. And- so from me from my perspective it's you got to look at their entire career if they are a current driver not just the last year or not even just the last two or three years. Okay. you got to look at their entire career and a full, a full keep body that in of work. Mind.
0: Full body of work compared to yeah. the snapshot of what we're looking at in and, and Austin, do you, you kind of fall, fall into that that frame of reference where it's a body of work career, or the career or is it what what have you done for me now and you've got Larson at one and Bush at three? from your stock car um, realm, you know, and after listening to Rick and Seth, you know, why one leaves him off, why one says he's got to be there, you know, why why Larson at number one for you?
4: Well, I think it's just he's very well-rounded. I mean, he can jump in anything and be fast. I mean, there's a lot of guys like that. I'm sure there's a lot more we could add to all our lists that can do that. But to me, everything I've personally watched Larson race, you know he's always definitely a contender. Even on his bad days, he's probably going to be running top ten, whether uh, it be dirt or cup, whatever side of it. So that's why I would have him at number one versus some of the mother guys. Like I feel like you know some of the guys have bad days. They they're not going to be quite as talented enough to um drive that car still to a good finish.
0: Okay. Yeah and so Larson is i would say it would be on everyone's list Ricks is a little more fluid and he he agrees towards you know what they what he can accomplish but not to what he has accomplished in the last calendar year i would say um i look as but i look But that's the question isn't it Matt
3: What's that The question is the the question is top 5 on the planet right now isn't it If 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 I, I can if, if we're if we're gonna look, I mean and, and I can respect, let's look back at the last five years, last ten years, look at an entire body of work, like Brian said, that isn't that is that's an excellent point, but I think it strays from the question. Now, if we're talking, you know, two different hemispheres of the planet, two different styles of racing, one side of the planet likes fenders, the other side of the planet doesn't. So it's it's almost like two different games are being played. You know, you can't compare Uh, uh, the basketball from
0: 30 years ago
3: to the basketball today.
0: Well, and I kind of like, I don't know, it's kind of a a childish reference towards it, but you take uh, the Cars movies when they had all the different forms of racing all running the same races. Obviously, you know, that it it would never work in the real world. You know, uh, certain cars would do great at places and certain cars would do poorly at places. But you know you, if you put them all on the same track in their respective vehicles, it, the technology differences and the and the and the rules differences would would throw chaos into completion. But I think w- when you look whether it is open wheeled, whether it's dirt, whether it's short track, whether it's you know cup, you're looking at at, at, at these lists and and yes, it, you, your perspective of body of work versus snapshot year, you know that changes makes the the lineup a little more fluid. But what I'm seeing on here as well and and, and this could it it takes both perspectives into into consideration is that you, we have Seth with Hamilton at number one. Ryan uh, doesn't have any open wheel guys on his thing. Mm-hmm. He stays dirt and and stock. And then Purnell has Hamilton at two. Rick has Hamilton at four yet verstappen dominates the f1 series so why why not verstappen and hamilton off the list and 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 uh um austin austin Austin, I'll, i'll come i'll come to you first on that one
4: uh yeah that probably just comes for a little bit more personal preference um yeah you know verstappen's very good too i mean i couldn't argue with anybody if they wouldn't say he was number one in the world right but yeah for me just I've kind of grew up watching Lewis Hamilton more so probably a little more biased towards that just kind of like his style a little bit
0: okay and, and Seth you've got Hamilton at one and Verstappen at four is it is it another one of I just prefer Hamilton's style of racing over what Verstappen has accomplished in, in this past year or so
4: um,
2: in the last year, or so is, is kind of where I'm at. Um, I think for has quickly put himself in position to be, um, at, at, the, at the top or of that list, but he's not there yet. And I think Lewis Hamilton is taking very underperforming Mercedes equipment r- right now, which in what world did we ever think we'd be saying that, um, <clears throat> and, and really driving the wheels off of it and doing some of the best driving that he's ever done in his career. Um. Quite frankly, so um, I think he's getting more out of a race car than than he ever has. Um, I and it, again, it was more for show. But I've also seen Lewis Hamilton wheel wheel a Cup car around Watkins Glen pretty damn good too, and, and put up some pretty competitive lap times. And the little trial thing with with Tony Stewart, and again, that's a, that's a very small sample size. But I think you have to uh, credit. Um, what 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 that was so, okay. um I I think that you had to kind of look at uh, both ends of the spectrum on that one.
0: Okay, and so I come to you, Rick, and you were talking about, you know, what have you done for me lately, and why Larson is is not on your list with, while you have Kastanevas on your list. I'm going to take that same thought process towards Hamilton. Is what have you done for me lately, and you don't have the the guy that's winning all the races in Verstappen on that list you know is like is it a is it like you said before a biased thing or it's just what you prefer or are are we missing something in changing our thinking?
3: No, I I will be one hundred percent honest. I completely forgot about Max Verstappen because I just don't like him. I, I, that's that's neither here nor there. Um, and as far as my list, I mean. <laughs> I don't really think I just put him in any order. I literally just scrolled across my, my internet tabs. Um, and you're, you're right when we're talking about what have you done for me lately. So, with that in mind, I'd scratch Fernando Alonso off my list and substitute him with Max Verstappen. Max Verstappen goes back to, you know, sixth and beyond, uh, or whatever order you want to put him in. But if, if we do have to order our list, I definitely would put Max Verstappen as number one on the planet right now. Um, Lewis Hamilton is somewhere top three honestly but I, I mean we also got to talk about Will Power who's the IndyCar champion he's won an Indy 500 recently but these are all guys that are just coming off of championships or some of the most successful times in their career that's why Kyle Larson for me hovers around that top five but uh, for me I've seen at least career-wise I've seen more success guys coming from open wheel to NASCAR than the other way around, and I've seen it be more accessible. Um, Sam Hornish Jr. is a special mention where he's come from. Now, again, he didn't have the most glittering career in the world, but I think we've seen more guys come from IndyCar and Formula 1 to American motorsports than from America to Europe, and for that reason, that's why I think you're going to have more of these open wheel guys more towards the top of that list. Verstappen won uh hamilton probably top three and we can order the rest I don't care.
0: okay yeah so i mean good good clarification on that and and you know when you look at these lists it, it definitely shows one your preference and two how you view what is best is it a 10-year look a full career look a snapshot of the year look and so if if you're listening along with us and you're like what are they they're stupid what about this guy what about that guy Throw your throw your top five down in the comments and, and and let us know how stupid some of the lists are or how much you agree with some of the lists are and and help yeah. us out in that and, and we'll, we'll look at those and, and get them to these guys and see how see how they react and how you react to each one but throw your top five down in the comments and guys I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave it with this last green yellow red question. You, Every one of you mentioned Kyle Busch and or put Busch on the list and no no um, expounding on it just green, yellow, or red Kyle Busch is the best stock car driver of all time uh, Ryan Pinnell. Uh, Red Alright, Austin Purnell. I'm
4: going to have to go red as well
0: Rick? Yellow. Seth?
2: Mm-hmm. <coughs> Red.
0: Red, okay. So I had all, all reds. I'm going to go back through the order here, and you're going to give me your best stock car driver of all time, just their name. Ryan?
1: Oh, damn, man. Come back to me.
0: <laughs> Austin?
3: Uh, David Pearson, Rick, no, Jimmy Johnson, Seth, Jeff Gordon. That's what I'm talking and about.
0: Back to Ryan.
1: I'd have to say Richard Petty.
0: Okay, all right. So it, it, once again, I think it comes down to everyone's preferences and 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 looks. And but you look at Kyle Busch' record; he's you know over 200 wins. That takes out Petty's. Uh, Win mark, granted, not all in cup, but different eras, different times, and different amount of races you can get into. And then Jimmy Johnson, seven-time, Jeff Gordon, four-time champ, and definitely someone that's, you know, put the sport on the map right there with Dale Earnhardt back in the late 90s and 2000s. And 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 Austin, I don't know where you're going with Pearson. I, I, I can see it, but I, I don't know where you're going with it. But – that is, that's going to do it here today for the Inside ARCS podcast. Thank you, everyone that's listening and watching along, whether you're on Spotify, Apple, or Anchor. Thank you to those three entities for allowing us to be able to put this on. Thank you to Ryan Pinnell and all the ARCS admins for allowing this podcast to continue on as we are diving into our busiest racing year yet. 2023 is off to a great start. With all our different divisions. We've got more coming for you. And if you want to be a part of the ARCS family, go to racearcs.com, fill out your application, and we'll get you on track with us. If you're just interested in watching along, race, uh, ARCS Racing Networks on Twitch and YouTube, as well as Arrow Broadcasting Networks and Rick James TV1 over there on Twitch, those are all our partners that we're working with for our broadcasting through TNT, SNS, Ignition, and A Squared. So, once again, if you're interested, go over to racearts.com, get the information there from the application, and we'll get you in our Discord, get you part of our family, get you on track with us. Thank you again to everyone. Thank you to my guests, Seth, Ryan, Austin, and Rick, for coming on the podcast. This has been one heck of a show. We will continue on next time on Inside Arcs, and we're going to let old Blake Shelton take us out.